Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sandhill FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast that you're about to enjoy was given live before our congregation here at Sandhill, and we pray that this podcast will encourage and challenge your walk with Christ. For more sermons like this, as well as additional Christian content, visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or check out our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. We are a biblical church, amen? Are we a biblical church, guys? Whether it rubs us the wrong way or not. <laughs> Left me hanging. Somebody help me. Whether it rubs us the wrong way or not. Amen. All right. <clears throat> Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinances of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. For this cause pay ye tribute, oh yuck, (laughs) for this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, Fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Let us pray. Lord, how I thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Uh, Lord, as I stand here just as a mouthpiece for you, Lord, it's not my message. Lord, it's just, it's just delivering what your word says. But Lord, I thank you that your word is always right. And I pray that you would open the hearts of all of us here. I, I pray that we would receive your word as you have it. And God, help me not to interfere nor interject in, into this. But God, let us just present clearly what your word says, I pray. Do a mighty work, Lord. If there be lost here, I pray you would save them. This morning, in Jesus' name we ask. And amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> so I remember reading this scripture many times, and I and it just didn't seem to make sense to me. Why would God put this in the Bible? Do, do we understand what this says? It, I mean, it's really clear what it says, but but how do we make sense of it? And so we can we can read this text, and we can say, well, it probably doesn't mean with a government we don't like, right? But may I remind you, this was written in a time when the Roman Empire was ruling and they were burning Christians alive and feeding them to the lions, right? <laughs> and they were very atheistic and they were very uh, immoral and they were very bad in every way, uh, but, but God still, the Holy Spirit still said, write down, be subject to the higher powers. Now, again, we're going to try and be biblical this morning, but we want to understand what this says. Um, 
it, it says that God ordained these powers. So does that mean, I want to really make this clear. I'm going to try to make this as simple and easy to understand as him, but we need to understand what this says. Does that mean that every person in office, God wants them there? That's not what that means. What it does mean is God ordained government because we need government, okay? And, and, and maybe everyone here says, no, we don't need government. It's, a, it's an awful, terrible thing. But we're going to try and show you this morning why God in his wisdom said we do need government. And we need to be subject to the government that is there. I'd like to, like to point out something. Again, just, just straight. This isn't a political statement. This is just straight what the Bible says. And I know this is very controversial, but I kind of tend to go with the Bible. So you can do what you want. It says in verse number four, look at it with me. <clears throat> But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. So what do you do with swords, guys? I mean, do you carry a sword to give someone a suggestion? Do you carry a sword to play games? Listen, a sword's not really good for a whole lot of anything except for to hurt you really bad, to take your life. Right. And and God says, I've ordained government. And if you don't put yourself subject to government, you might find yourself in a heap of trouble. And it may result in death. Now, that's what the Bible says. Now, I know this is controversial in the Bible, and I, don't, I, think, I think if we really just take the Bible, it's really not controversial, but maybe some of you here won't like this. Go back and study the Bible, see what it says, come back and show me where I'm wrong. But <clears throat> the government has the right to take our life. Capital punishment. You know, God instituted capital punishment in the Old Testament. He never did take it away. And here in the New Testament, he is telling us that the government doesn't bear that sword in vain. They, they don't hold that as a... As a Fear tactic, they hold that to use it to wield power to control people. Okay? Now, so that's what the Bible says. That, that is the biblical concept that it says God has set over us a governing body to, to rule over us. And then it goes on to say in these horrible words that how could they even be in the Bible? Pay taxes. <laughs> I mean, how is that even in the Bible? Right? But what God's saying is, if there's going to be this governing body, there will have to be the financing to do that. Now, we all understand, we can sit here and complain, we can argue back and forth and everything else, you know, we're paid too much taxes and, and all things. Now, I can't imagine anybody here being happy about paying taxes, and it's probably true that we do pay too much taxes, and they waste taxes, all of that being said, but, the, but the, I want us to get to, you got to set aside everything that's in your head about what you don't like, and you got to see what the Bible says. The Bible says, I ordained a government and they will have to be supported in order to do that. Now, the great thing about the United States of America, the great thing is maybe one of the first countries ever. The great thing about the United States of America is when we don't like our government, instead of getting guns and having to have a war, we can just vote them out of office. Right. Instead of saying, I don't like paying these taxes, we're going to revolt. We can just vote not to have the taxes. Right. So we have a, We have a, we have a blessing here that we can vote to to change things. And we should as Christians, we should vote to change things in a righteous direction. Uh, but but that being said, uh, we're still there's a governing body over us. So let, let's get into see if we can understand why, because I'm sure at this point some of you are not real thrilled with the message. So let's move into what God is doing here. 
So as we look at the Bible, this is very, very important, and I think this is fundamental to the Scriptures. As we look at the Bible, God ordained three institutions to govern. God ordained the family. Genesis, Genesis, Garden of Eden, one man, one woman will bear children. The man will protect and provide. The woman will nurture. Listen, guys, can I just say that hasn't changed in 7,000 years. The man is to protect. The man is to provide. The woman is to nurture. And can I just say this? I know our, our world's got that all mixed up. But let me, just, let me just say this. Let me just interject this little thing here. Uh, even with Christians, God has wired you that way. God is wired, if you're a man, God's wired you that way. And if you're a woman, God's wired you that way. And, and there, there isn't a better plan than, than God's plan for the family. So God ordained that. We're going to look at that a little, little bit in, more in depth in a little bit. God also ordained government. Also in the book of Genesis, uh, uh, God uh, ordained a government to be over us, a ruling, a ruling entity to rule over the people. God ordained that. And God also ordained the church. Now, in the day that we live in, all three of those can be looked upon as a negative. But God said, I set the family there to help. I set the government there to help. And I set the church there to help. And we're going to look at why. So we have the family, the government, and church. So let, let's just say, I don't agree with God. Okay? Now, nobody wants to get in the pulpit and say that, but I'm sure some of you are sitting there thinking, nah, I, don't, I don't agree with God. I got a better plan. Right? I got a better plan than God. You know, this whole one, one man, one woman, you know, raising their kids, I got a better idea than that. We don't need family. Uh, this whole thing of the government ruling over us, I got a better idea. You know, this whole thing of having a church and I got to go to it and, and submit to I, I got a better idea than that. So, okay, you think you know better than God. Let's have the absence of all three of these. Okay, let's remove the family, let's remove the government, and let's remove the church and see what things look like. <clears throat> you Bible readers familiar with the book of Judges? Any Bible readers are familiar with the book of Judges? What do you have in the book of Judges? I think it literally says the book of Judges. There was no king, there was no priest, and the families were an absolute wreck. They removed the family, they removed the church, and they removed the government. And this is what the book of Judges says. Everyone did what they thought was right in their own eyes. Now, if you're not familiar with it, go back and read it. If you read the book of Judges, you think, how could God put that in the Bible? I mean, it's, how could God put that in the Bible? It's, it's, it's like an R-rated movie. I mean, it is nasty. You've got sexual perversions, and you've got mutilations, and you've got abuse, and you've got every, every evil, wicked thing. I mean, cutting people up in little pieces. I mean, just everything that we think we're so bad at, it was all. Why is that? Because without government, the church, and the family... Everything falls apart. And God understood that. So if we want to remove those things, we're going to end up with chaos, with anarchy, and with perversions. We will simply have a society that does whatever they want to do. Now, if you're here this morning and you say, I don't like government, I don't like our government, I don't like someone room, I don't want a church room, I don't, I don't like being in the family, all those things, I don't, I don't like those things. I want you just to imagine for a moment that we have a society where everybody just does whatever they want to do. Anybody want to live there? Okay. Just, you just do anything you want to. And, and here is a very unbiblical thought. 
here's a very unbiblical thought. Well, I believe people are good, basically. <laughs> okay. That is a very, um, can I tell you, the Bible says all of us are sinners. All of us will do the wrong thing. So with no government, no church, and no family, we're going to be in a mess. <clears throat> so unrestrained flesh. So if we have no, no restrictions and the flesh can just do anything it wants, murder will be, if you cut me off in parking, I'm going to blow your brains out. If you cut in line at Burger King, I'm going to kill you. If I want to take your wife, I'm just going to rape her. I'm going to do whatever I want to do because there's no one says I can't. Who wants to live in that world? And guys, if anyone's foolish enough to think that's not what would happen, that's exactly what would happen. You would just do whatever. If you've got something I want, I'm just going to take it. I'm bigger than you. Right? So this is why we need government, family, and church because man is 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 evil to start with. So I have an illustration to help you with this. Um, I, I think everyone here can relate to this, but I, I, want, I want you guys to think about this. A couple, couple of illustrations to kind of get you guys going with me. So we harp every Sunday we're here that man is generally wicked. So I, I think we've got that. But I just want to give you a couple of thoughts. The, the title of the message is uh, Unsupervised. So I want to ask everybody a question here. Okay? Josh is here just in time for this illustration. Okay? Let's say we go to camp... And we've got 250 kids there. And here's what we're going to say. I, as the director, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, all of you adults, everyone here that's over 17, we're going home. And we're going to leave these 250 kids here that are 17 and under. We're just going to leave them here all day, all night. And we'll come back in a couple of days and we'll check on them. How many of you think we'd come back and everything would be just fine? I mean, it went well. I mean, basically, they didn't need us, right? Listen, those guys can't go 20 minutes without needing us, all right? Can I get an amen, security, right? They, we, we, so my point is, those are supposed. this is supposed to be a Christian camp. I know not everybody there's a Christian, but I'm just saying it's supposed to be a Christian camp. But you take those kids and you give them liberty and they know nobody's watching and nobody's here and nobody's going to catch me. Do you know what evil would happen in 24-hour period? It would blow your mind. I got another illustration for you. You sisters will love this. Renee will love this. I want you to imagine you don't like government. You don't like church. You don't like family. We don't need those things. So we don't have any of those things. There are no police officers. There is no government. There's no state government. There's no local government. There's no federal government. There's, there is no government. We don't need it. You lay down at night, put your head on your pillow, and you realize there are 20 guys out there who know they can come in and do anything they want to and anything you can do about it. And they know there's no one can do anything about it. Do you think if there wasn't, can you imagine if there was no one to call if there was someone breaking into your house? The people could just come in anytime they wanted to and they could take everything you have, they could kill you, they could rape you, they could do anything they want to because no one's there to stop them. And some of you big macho guys say, well, I've got a gun. Right? I got a gun. Ain't messing with me. Well, I got a couple ideas on that. So if you got 10 guys coming in the house and they got guns, how's that going to work out? But just per se, you're a really good shot and you kill 10 of them. Do you want to do that every night? I mean, do you want to kill 10 guys every night before you go to bed? 
I, I know you say this is a little bit ridiculous. I'm just trying to get you to see. A lot of people, oh, I don't like the government. We don't need the government. Can I just tell you, without the government, we'd be in a heap of trouble. And the police, we, we can throw rocks at the police. We can throw rocks at the government. We can throw rocks at the taxes. We can throw rocks at everything else. But the fact is, God said, mankind is so evil, if something doesn't rule him, he will destroy himself. Right? So God says, we need government. God says we need family and God says we need church because if we do not, man will, will, the flesh will take control. And, um, you know, um, I, I know I'm, I'm very, very bad for this. Um, and Renee knows I'm very, very bad for this. Renee, Renee's, and some of you are like this. Some, we, got, we have both groups of people here, okay? We have both groups of people here. There are some of you who will lock your car if it's inside the garage with the door down and locked, right? And you won't walk across the street without locking your door. I mean, you're just hyper scared to death. And I'm kind of the guy who leave my car running at Walmart. The keys that are unlocked. You know, that, that, I'm kind of, but I don't really think about it. But my, but my point is, how would you like it if everywhere you went, every time you went to town, your house got broken into? Everywhere you went, they stole your car. Every time you come out of Walmart, whatever you bought, they take it away from you because they know they can do you see why God says we need government? And, and I, think where the, I think where the disconnect here is, we think God is saying government will be righteous. How many of you know God did not say government will be righteous? He said you're too corrupt to do without it. So back again to Rome. When, when Nero was burning Christians at the stake and feeding them to the lions and being sexually perverted and worshiping idol, idols and all the evil things that was going on, Rome was still better having someone in charge. Because with all the immoral things going on, and all the evil things going on, all the evilness that was in Rome, all of that going on, had you taken away that evil government, it would have been worse. Does that blow anybody's mind? Are you guys getting it? If you take away that evil government, it'd be worse. So, so we can argue back and forth that our government is evil today, and, and, and maybe that is accurate, but, but here's what I want to say. We're better off with an evil government than no government at all. Because man, well, see, here's what God said. God understood man left to himself will destroy himself. He's got to have someone ruling over him. Okay? And so... God's, God, so when it says God ordains government, it's not saying that the man in office, that's what God said, that's, what I, that's the man I want, that's my man. That's not what it's saying. What it's saying is the government is ordained by God. God set someone to govern over all of us, and we are to submit to that. And if we do not, he bears not the sword in vain. So, so that is, that is, uh, that is the, the, the reason that we have... The, well, that's what would happen without all these institutions. So then we look at Bibli the biblical principle. So God looked at it, it, it with an accurate view of mankind, and he saw the depravity of man, right? So God said man is evil. Since the Garden of Eden, since Adam and Eve, their sons, very first ones out of the chute, uh, Cain kills Abel, right? Right off the bat. And God says, these guys are going to destroy themselves. They're going to need a family. They're going to need a church. and They're going to need a government to rule over them because God understood the depravity of man. Again, today, this, this notion that we're generally good people, uh, if we would just, if the government just leaves us alone, we're generally good people. No, we're not. No, we're not. 
Listen, I'm sitting in a church full of good Christian people here, and you guys are selfish and self-centered and want what you want, and you take it for somebody else if you need to get a chance, right? We're, we're just, we're not good people, right? People are, people are, are in, in, uh, in, in, uh, inside of us, we're evil because we're, we're human. So God understood the depravity of man. So each of these, I want you to really get this. This is so very important. Each of these institutions are an attempt to bring order to a fallen world. God did not give us government to fix our world. You guys get that? Government was not given to fix our world. It, it, it's broken because of sin. And Jesus Christ is the answer, not government. Can I get an amen? amen. Government did not, God did not give us government to fix our fallen world. He did not give us family to fix our fallen world. He did not give us the church to fix our fallen world. He gave us those things because he said, in a fallen world where man is corrupt, if we don't have some institutions, they will completely destroy themselves. Are you guys with me? Are you guys following me? It, it takes that rule over us to keep us from destroy. So this was God's uh, attempt to bring uh, an order to a fallen world. <clears throat> so if we understand and we start out with this general concept that man is evil, government makes a lot of sense. If we start out with that general concept that, that, that people are just inwardly are corrupt, the church makes a lot of sense. The family makes a lot of sense. And, 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 and so that is what the Bible teaches is that man is depraved. The depravity of man is a very biblical concept. So uh, we start with that. All of these things make sense. <clears throat> so man is corrupted and these institutions will also be corrupted. Now I really want to get this clear because, because I think this is where we go astray. Now get this, guys. Since Adam and Eve, how many people have been born not in sin? None. So if we're going to have a family, guess what it's going to be made out of? Corrupt people. If we're going to have a church, guess what that church is going to be made out of? Corrupt people. If we're going to have a government, guess what that's going to be made out of? Corrupt people. Right? And so people say, well, you know, I, I, they find fault with the church. They find fault with the family. They find fault with the government. They say, see there, I don't need those things. No, God said you do. God said you do need those things. You need government, you need family, and you need church. Well, I was one time, I, I, I seen a, a church and they, they didn't do what they were supposed to and they didn't go by the Bible and the pastor did something he shouldn't do. Amen. Happens all the time. Right? Common occurrence, right? Pastors do things they should not do. Pastors do some really evil things they should not do. Churches aren't run the way they should. Churches are taken over by the flesh. Churches are not governed in an accurate way. All of that is very, very true. Does that change the fact that God ordained the church? Not even a little bit. Are there any bad families? Guys, are there any bad families? It, I was thinking as preparing as much as I would just, it's really just heartbreaking. All of the little children who don't have a good mom and dad. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's, it's a fact of life. There are probably multiply millions right now who don't have a mom and daddy who care for them. Think about that. Who maybe have a mom and daddy who are evil and wicked who maybe have a mommy and daddy who abuse them or, 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 or are trying to get them to do things they shouldn't do. Is all of those things true? Is all those things true? Does that change the fact that God ordained the family? 
So what I'm trying to show you is because man corrupted it doesn't mean the organization was wrong. It just means, yeah, you, there's a lot of families. There are a lot of people in this church who'd have some bad family experiences. There's some, the family, you know, you can go back and say, well, you know, my family wasn't what it was supposed to be. My mom and dad wasn't what they're supposed to be or, or this, that, or the other. All those things may be true. That doesn't change the fact God ordained a family. But here's the thing, guys. If you think family, if you have a tainted vision of family and family has not been, family's not met your expectations, okay? Your mom and dad did not meet your expectations. Why don't you set aside that and say, God ordained the family and I'm going to make a good family now? See, there are people who mom and dad weren't what they were supposed to be. And then the kids come along and they're just like their parents. They're terrible parents. But there are those people who had a really bad mom and dad who become really good parents. Are you guys following me? Amen. So you can either throw the family out and get rid of it. Or we could say, you know, mine was really crummy, but I'm going to make a good one now. Are you guys with me? And, and, and here's the thing. So if you decide, you know, my, my mom and dad were terrible, I'm going to try and make a good family because I, as Bessie said, I have grandkids coming and great-grandkids coming and great-great-grandkids coming. And if I'm all messed up, they're probably going to be all messed up. So I want to get myself straightened out so I can help with them. Am I making any sense to you guys? You can't throw things out because they didn't work. So families are corrupt. Churches are corrupt. And I don't even have to spend time telling you government is corrupt. I just wonder since Adam and Eve until today, every country, every planet for 6,000 years, I just wonder how many governments there have been that have not been evil and corrupt. I don't know that there's been any. <laughs> right? Government is just corrupt. Um, trying to think of the name. Um, was caught up in Watergate. What was it, Josh? Uh, Chuck Holson. Chuck Holson said, absolute power absolutely corrupts. You know, that's true. You give a man all the power and he is going to become evil because his flesh is going to start to rule. So that is a given fact. But listen, because our government is evil and wicked, because we don't agree with everything that is done, because we don't agree with the laws and don't believe in perversion, all things, we don't get to say, we just don't need government. Because guys, we need government. Now, I'm going to stop right here, real, slow, slow down. Sometimes people wonder why I say this, because some of you hear what you want to hear. Okay. I'll say it's real slow. Gary's not preaching. He agrees with the government. If you go out here to say that, you didn't understand a word I said. Okay, I do not agree with the government. Nor do I really agree with much of any government we've ever had since I've been born. Okay? And Democrat, Republican, wherever you want to throw in there, all this, this, this is a political thing. The fact is, governments are corrupt and evil. But we need government. So Gary's not preaching, he agrees with it. Gary's preaching without government. We are basically every man for himself, and, and man will do that which is right in his own eye. And I know there's a whole bunch of people out there that would hurt all of us if they knew someone wouldn't come and get them. So the, the excuse that there are bad families, bad churches, and bad government, that's why we don't need that, uh, that doesn't really fly. So, recognizing the failure of those institutes does not justify removing them. Biblically, God establishes these institutes. They will fail. They will do wrong. Amen? Come on, guys. Amen? Amen. Families will fail. Mommies and daddies will fail. 
Governments will fail. Pastors will fail. Those things are going to happen. In the future, those things are going to happen. We're going to keep having messed up families, messed up churches, and messed up government. But God ordained these things, and we need these things. Right? I've got these, this word right here. I want you to write this down if, if you like taking notes. I heard a preacher say this. He said, if you take notes, write this down. If you don't take notes, write this down. <laughs> okay, so, so write this down, right? To remove these institutions is unbiblical. To remove these institutions is unbiblical. So guys, if we start with corrupt and we build things out of corrupt, we're going to get corrupt, right? So God knew this, but he said, this is the best plan I have for a fallen world to, to protect it from destroying itself. And then we have all those people who say, well, I'm just going to work around. You know, I'm going to move to Montana and have a cabin in the hills and no government. No one's going to tell me what to do. Or I'm just going to be a Christian all on my own. I don't need I don't need some pastor tell me what to do or or I'm just going to I don't need a family. I just I, I just do it on my own. Can I just tell you that's unbiblical. That is unbiblical. God said you need family, you need church, you need government. OK, <clears throat> so let's just look at these. Let's just take a little bit of time to look at these institutions. Again, I'm trying to just be very, very biblical and, and just exactly what the Word of God says. Um, that's what we want. Amen? Amen? God's governing after the fall. So God realizes His paradise that He set up with a perfect man and a perfect woman who would love each other and do what they're supposed to do. It's gone. You guys get that? It's gone. After the fall, the perfect man, the perfect woman was gone. There are no more perfect men. There are no per per perfect women. Everyone after that has been sinful. So God recognized that. So God sets in these institutions because he knows the world has fallen. So he give us the family. Let's look at that first. That was the first thing that came. God, uh, God said a man shall leave his wife, or man, man shall leave his mother and his father and shall cleave to his wife, and they too shall become one flesh. Guys, that's still the plan. Are you guys with me? That's still the plan. That's still the best plan. Now, now I understand in saying that, I understand that there are situations where that does, there had to be a plan B because plan A didn't work out, right? I, I, I get that. And I understand sometimes people are in a situation where, where that, that, that didn't work out as it was supposed to. But I'm just making this clear. That's God's plan. That's the first plan. One man, one woman would raise their kids. So let's just look at that. <clears throat> it was structured to protect, the family was structured uh, to protect and instruct the family, right? It's, it's a structure. It, it, is a, it is supposed to be that, that, that the man, as Bessie was saying, that the man realizes my responsibility is to raise these kids right. My, as we told Jacob and Jamie last week, my responsibility is to teach them the word of God at home. My responsibility is to set an example of what a godly person is supposed to be. My responsibility is to show them what a good marriage looks like. That is my responsibility. It lays squarely on my shoulders. If my kids don't turn out right, it is my responsibility. Right? That is clearly what the Bible says. So there's a structure there to, to protect them, to, to protect them from physical harm, certainly. But also in today's world, we need some protection from all the perversion that's out there. So that is the dad's job to protect them from all the things that are going on. That's not coming into my house. We're not going to go there. We're not going to do that because it is, it is evil and we're not going to be a part of that. Right? That's the, fan, that's the, the, the dad's responsibility. The, the mother is to support that and to, to nurture the kids and to love them and to work together to, to raise the family. 
So again, doesn't always work out that way, does it? Okay? But that's still the plan, guys. Okay? There are dads who don't do that. There are moms who try to do that without dad. That may not be perfect, but if you don't have a godly man, the woman has to do what she can without the man, right? Maybe the, maybe the dad is godly and the mom's not. What I'm saying is this doesn't always work the way the perfect. It, it is ideal when you have both of them on the same page loving Jesus and doing what they're supposed to, but whenever that doesn't happen, we don't just throw the family out. We say we've got to work the best we can. Sometimes people end up single raising their kids. Sometimes a lot of things happen. You know, even there's death, and there's just a lot of things that can happen. So there's times this doesn't play out like it. But the plan is uh, that we need family, and sometimes family has to improvise. Sometimes it is just one setting the example. Sometimes it is just one raising the kids. Sometimes it is just one who cares about godliness. But someone has to do that for the kids. Let's just stop with a commercial break right here. Um, let's, just, let's, just, let's, let's just drive this home a little bit. Bessie kind of got this started, okay? Do you guys realize the enormous responsibility there is there are little kids coming up in this church. Guys, listen, we are blessed we have babies. Hey, man, we got babies. We got babies and we got babies coming, right? We got them on back order and some already here, right? I mean, we, we got babies. And then we've got, then we've got little ones. You know, we got little, 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 little ones running around right down below our knees. And then we got something a little bit bigger. Praise God. Let's just stop and be real serious here for a moment. Be real serious. Think about the world those kids are growing up in. Now, I said this last Sunday. I don't put my head down and say there's no hope. I say every one of you need to do everything you can to keep every one of those kids from the devil getting them. And you parents better do everything you can at home to teach them the Bible and to live a holy life and to tell them Jesus is the most important thing and all things we'll do at home and then bring them to church. And all of you who aren't their parents better be understanding that we have a responsibility to raise those kids so they don't die and go to hell. Guys, if that don't stir you up, I, you need to come to the altar. Let's take a little bit farther. I did not know why I was going here. Okay, God help me. <laughs> God has laid in our lap camp. Are there any bad kids there? I mean, I'm asking for a friend. Is there any bad kids there? Are there any kids there who are not what they're supposed to be? Let's just get rid of them and keep the good ones. Guys, do you realize... We, we've had some bad characters. Can you get any men? We've had some bad characters. We've had some terrible kids. And I've had so many Christians, I guess they're well-meaning. Some, you, some of them are sitting right here. But I have so many that say, let's just get rid of them. It'd be so much easier without them. But do you realize we might be the only thing standing between them and an eternity in hell? And if no one loves them, they'll almost certainly go wrong and go to hell. Who wants to love messed up kids? <laughs> I mean, who wants them rotten kids, Kevin? They won't listen and they're rebellious and they get into things. They do all these things and it's just, it's just so much trouble. But guys, listen, and, and, and I've said this a thousand times, but can I tell you, I wish Sand Hill Church had about 500 messed up kids who go here every Sunday. 
who don't have good parents and who weren't raised right and have alcoholic parents and everything else under the sun. I wish they came to this church and they would tear things up and they would be noisy and they'd be disruptive and they would mess everything up. I wish we had that at Sand Hill Church. Is anybody with me or am I by myself? Amen. You say, that would be such a headache. Yeah, it would. And, and as a pastor, I can tell you, my biggest headache would be all you people saying, just make them be good and make them be straightened up and be clean, right? What about telling them about Jesus? What about that? <laughs> Am I alone this morning? Well, I got about two of you with me. Listen, guys. And, and here's the other thing. Real quick, and I'll get off this commercial, maybe. <clears throat> Kaysen and Callan and Kari and Juliet and Peyton and, 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 and Javi and, and every, all of the kids that are here and anyone I forgot to say, every one of them, get this, they're going to be grandpa someday. Get that. I, like Bessie said, I'm going to be long gone. I, I won't be here. Papa Gary, he's gone. He, he no longer influences things. Josh may be gone. Rachel may be gone. But the day will come when they will have kids, and then they will have kids, and then they will have kids. Guys, today is the day we start working on that. If we don't work on that today, and like Bessie said, my, my, my extent of influence is, is limited. My years that I have left, but I can do everything I can to pour into them right now. So when I'm gone, I have a hope for my great, 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 great grandkids. You guys with me? So, so we, we need this, guys. And God, was, God, in his wisdom, understood that we needed the family and that it was a, just real quickly, let's look at the love, uh, the, 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 the genius of, and this is going to probably be hard to get across. And I, and I don't mean to hurt anybody when I say this. I'm going to try and be as best I can to help me say this. God said we need a family, and so he, so he instituted that. He, he organized that family. He, he put his uh, approval on that family. And even a little different than the government and the, and the church, he said inside the family there is going to be a love that is not like any other love there is. So here's what God did, and, and this gets a little tricky right now, and God help me, and, and, and please, please, I don't mean to hurt anyone's feelings, but God wired and in your DNA and inside of the very core of who you are, a woman is supposed to have that maternal instinct. Guys, do you see, when they, when they bring a baby, you know, when a baby's just first born, do you see every sister's just, <gasps> You know, and those guys are saying, yeah, that kid's cute. Let's go get something to eat, right? And they're just like, you know what? It's maternal instinct, you know? Um, if, if I could pick on Rachel, and, and baby, you know I love you, and, and I don't mean to say this to embarrass you in any way, but <clears throat> Rachel has a very strong maternal instinct. She has three kids. She wants 17, <laughs> right? And CJ is not going along with that theory. But here's the thing with Rachel. I, I really believe this about Rachel. I, I really do. If CJ would say, okay, honey, we'll have as many as you want. And she had 12, she'd say, oh, I've got to have one more. i just got to have one more. It's just not enough. You know what? It's that maternal instinct. It's that love for children. Now, I don't have time to preach it out. But can I tell you, our society is losing that maternal instinct. There are a whole lot of things that are happening. But, but you know, the women running things. And, I mean, just all that. I don't have time to preach that out. But, but there is a God-given maternal instinct that says you love your kids. I always tell I tell, I tell, I tell her last time, I tell her this. Georgia, I tell her every time I see her, well, I tell her very, very often. I said, there ain't no one loves me like my mama. 
All my life I've been made fun of on my mama's book. I tell you, my mama loves me. I tell you, my mama loves me with everything she's got. And I know Renee loves me. And, and, and I know Renee loves me like no one else can. But can I just get an amen? There's nothing like mama's love. I mean, I, I can have the goofiest outfit on and have my hair all messed up. And, and, and look, you know, you see some of those pictures of your kids and they're like, oh, he's just so beautiful. Right? Why is that? Because that's what mamas do. Right? And the dad's looking and saying, no, he looks like a dork. I mean, it's not cute. Right? But what I'm saying, so, so there's supposed to be that God-given maturity. And look at the genius of that. God said, I, in, I, I institute a family, and then I put that inside of all women to love their kids. And I don't have time to preach now that we're losing that in our society. But guys, can I tell you, we need that maternal instinct that says, I love my kids. Renee would fight a wild grizzly bear for Josh and Rachel any day of the week. Not even bad an eye. I mean, it wouldn't even be a thought of it. She would, she'd wrestle that thing down. I mean, it's just, it's just inside of her. And, and let's real talk real quickly, and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to get through this, but I think this is so very important. There's not only a maternal instinct, but there's that paternal instinct. There's that, there ought to be that man thing. And I, don't, I know I don't love, look, I think I love my kids just as much as Renee does. I just don't love them the same way, right? When Josh was little, Rich, Renee did not want him to get hurt. I said, let the boy break a few bones. It'd be good for him. I, that's like what I said. I, is that not what I said? I said, he'll make him tough. Let it, don't put a helmet on him and knee pads. Put him out there and let him get hurt. That's what I did. But listen, I didn't raise a sissy either. I raised a man. <laughs> I don't have time to preach this, but some of you could really use that advice. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Let's raise men and not raise sissies. But I don't have time to preach that. But there ought to be something inside of the man. It's not, it's not a motherly instinct. It, it is a... This is my family, and I will protect it no matter what. If someone comes to my door and is going to harm my family, I am not going to send Renee to the door. I'm going to go to that door. If need be, I will lay my life down. But this is my home, and I will protect it. And guys, can I just say, I don't have time to preach this. God, help me. I wish I did. If you guys want to stay for about three hours, I get this off my chest. But, but listen to me. We're losing that in America. The paternal instinct, the protect your family, the be a man, the, the be strong and still in your sons to be strong and not be sissies. We've lost that. We're losing that. And guys, listen, this, is, this should not be a generational thing or political thing or anything else. It's just it's common sense. We need men that are men. Right? So, so, so God had the genius of putting that, that love and that, that, that inside of us I never did get up and say, God, would you please help me love my kids? God, would you make me want to love them and want to be around them? Would you make me want to protect them? It was just inside of me. I never saw Renee get down and say, well, God, would you help me love these kids you give me? Listen, it, just, it was just inside of us. And it's supposed to be. And that's the genius of family. <clears throat> so lastly, on, on families, good families make for good culture. And I hope I don't have to explain that, but that, that's just good common sense. And if you have a whole bunch of people raising their kids right and their kids are turning out to be good citizens, guess what you're going to have? A good culture. When you have a whole bunch of parents raising bad kids turning out to be heathens, what are you going to have? You have a bad culture. It's just that simple. Look how powerful the family is. Was it Abraham Lincoln? I don't know if I got this right, but I think it was Abraham Lincoln. But somebody said very wisely, the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Oh, housewives aren't that important. Need someone to go out and change the world. Can I tell you, 
You raise your kids right, you may have way more impact than that person running a company. Are you getting this? I'm just saying, it's important how our kids turn out. And God knows it's important how our kids turn out. And if they don't turn out right, uh, and if you go talk to some of the, uh, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody. Do you guys understand I'm trying to help you and I'm not trying to hurt anybody? I'm, I'm not trying to hurt anybody, okay? But if some of you younger parents would go talk to some of us older parents who have really messed things up, now that we're older, you'd understand why it's so important what you do now. Because there'll be a day when it's too late. There'll be a day when you can't go back and fix it. If your kids are little now, it's just a lot of trouble, whatever. You better think about it. one day they'll be 25, 30, 40 years old, and you'll say, I'd give anything in this world if I'd have just did things different when they were little. You guys with me? I'm trying to move on, guys. I'm trying to move on. Let's go to government. You guys help me out. We'll get through this and we'll get out of here, okay? Government. So we have this word civilization or a civilized people. We say, let's be civil. That word from the dictionary, it means courteous and polite. So we live in a civilization. We live in a civil people. That doesn't mean there's not any uncivil people out there. That just means, by and large, it's not acceptable to not be civil. And when you're not civil, we're probably going to do something with you to get rid of you. Right? Now, if you go to uncivilized places like Africa, guess what they do? They eat you for lunch. Are you guys with me? Amen. See, uncivilized means I don't have anyone stopping me. And, and if we don't like you, we can just kill you. We can just barbecue you. We can eat you. We can do whatever we want to with you, right? Because, because we're uncivilized. If you have something I want, I can just simply take it because we're uncivilized. So civilization is just simply uh, uh, that, that we're being civil towards one another. And as we've already said, we will not do that without government. Now, we have to have something dealing with lawbreakers. I think everyone here would probably agree with me. Our justice, assist, our justice system isn't always just. Is that true? Sometimes there are people been locked up who should not have been locked up. Sometimes people have been set free who should have been locked up, okay? We know our justice system is not right. We, we know that there's a lot, of, a lot of people get out when they should. And there's all kinds of things we can point fingers at. All these things are wrong. I'm not in any way preaching it. Any of that's okay. What I am trying to preach is this. What if we didn't have that? So if we were just a whole bunch of people living together and there was no, no police officers and there was no justice system, there was no court, and there, was no, there was nothing, and someone started causing trouble, I mean, me and some of the brothers, all we could do is get them, take them out back and beat the tar out of them. I mean, that's all we could do. We don't have a jail to put them in. And if that didn't work, we beat them two or three times. That didn't work. We're going to have to kill this guy. He's called. I mean, there just is no other solution. Are you guys with me? Amen. So all of our corruptness that we have, it is corrupt and it is, it is messed up. And, and, and we ought to work to try and straighten out. And, all. and please, I'm not in any way saying I approve all this. I'm just making the point, guys, without it, where would we be? If there were no police to come and get the bad guys, if there was no place to put the bad guys... If there was no threat of putting the bad guys there, where would we be? We'd be in a world of hurting. So we need someone to deal with lawbreakers. We need someone to enforce um, society's expectations. We expect in our society for you not to kill anybody. Doesn't always work out, but we expect you not to kill anybody. In our society, we expect you not to steal something that doesn't belong to you. In our society, we expect you to be at least halfway courteous to those around you. In our society, we have certain expectations. We expect you not to, to force someone to have physical relationship with you when they do not want to. We expect those things. Now, 
all the perversions and all the evil and all the wickedness that's in our, in our land and all things that are going on, there's still an expectation from society that says this is not acceptable. And when you do what's not acceptable, we have someone we can call on the phone and come and get you. Are you guys getting this? Amen. So we need government, right? One more time, because it, some of you takes about five times. Did Gary say he's agreeing with the government? Someone's going to go out here, sure, and they're going to say, Gary agrees with everything the government's doing. He loves Joe Biden. I did not say that. Okay? But I am saying God ordained government. Am I clear? Okay? Because some of you won't get it until the fifth time around. All right, let's go. Church. Man, I need an hour for this one. God help me. Give me, give me five, ten minutes, okay? All A double L, all Christians need leadership. I will stand on that. When I back up on that, it's what the Bible teaches. We need church. We need leadership. Everyone needs leadership. God ordained the church. Jesus Christ himself established a church. We've been through it over and over and over. The book of Acts so clearly establishes the church as, as what Christians will do. Jesus Christ himself established a church. Listen, guys, the, the only way you get around church is just throw the Bible out the door. If you, don't, if you want to do what the Bible says, you need a church. Okay, and I know I preach this a lot of times, but let me just hit it again real quick. Uh, Christians who don't have a church, I, I stand behind this, guys. Christians who don't have a church get off track. I've just been around too long to know. It's because I've been around all my life. I remember when I was a little kid, there were just all those people. Oh, I don't need a church. I, I, you know, I can, I can do it on my own. I don't need, I don't need church. Me and Jesus in the Bible, I'm spirit led, spirit led, right? Do you know I've never seen one of them people that was a good Christian. I've never seen one of those people who had good doctrine. I've never seen one of those people who really did something good. You know why? Because God said, inside the church. Inside the church. That, that's where we're supposed to be, is inside the church. So all Christians uh, need leadership. They all need the church. <clears throat> so without the church, without your brothers and sisters, uh, you will only see your perspective. Renee has a little saying she loves to say. I, I just love to hear her say it. It makes me feel so good inside. But Renee says, that's Gary's way of thinking. <laughs> Love it when she says that. I mean, it's, it's great. But you know she's right? And then she says this, not everybody sees it the way Gary sees it. Right? <laughs> she says it just like that. That's how she says it. Right? <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing, guys. We all have a perspective. So you take Gary out of the church, and you put Gary by himself, and he's going to be a lone ranger Christian. He's going to read his Bible. He's going to do his own thing. He doesn't need them church people. Guess what? It's going to be all Gary's way, and it's going to be wrong. Is anybody getting this? We need each other. And I know sometimes it's annoying to come to church, and everybody has their own perspective and has their beliefs and ideas, and we say, well, I don't agree with them. But can I tell you, we need each other. We need that different perspective to, to keep us from getting off track on our way of thinking. So everybody needs uh, that, uh, that the church to, to keep over them. And, and I, I want to say this. I, I know I've said those things before, but I just want to say this real quick. I don't know that I've ever met one person in all my Christian life. I don't know that I've ever met one person who said they were a Christian who did not want to be a part of a church who was not very judgmental. You know why? Because they sit back and say, well, the reason I don't go to church is because look at that pastor. And the reason I don't go to church is because look what that member did. And the reason I don't go to church, and they, all they can do is point fingers. They never look in the mirror and see how they're not really what God wants them to be. All they do is just look at other people. So, so, so that's not God's plan. Uh, we need, we need uh, the church to correct doctrine. 
Now, that does not mean that we need to see it Gary's way. That does not mean that Gary's always right. What that means is if you sit home, read your Bible all by yourself, and come up with your own doctrine, let me just tell you very patently, you will be wrong. Do I need to say that again? If you sit home and read your Bible all by yourself and watch some goofy preacher on TV, your doctrine will be wrong. The only way you're going to get it right is to put yourself under the church and, and have, uh, make yourself accountable to those that are there. <clears throat> Self-taught spirit. I wrote this down. You can write this. Down. I, I like this. It kind of makes me laugh, but uh, you can do what you want to with it. You can write it down or don't write it down. Self-taught, spirit-led Bible students, and I've got, with an exclamation point, run. <laughs> when you meet that person who says, oh, I just read my Bible at home. I don't need a pastor. I don't need a church. I don't need anybody to help me. And, and the Bible, and God just shows me what it means. Run away from that person. Because that person is going to be so far. Listen, I've been doing this a long time. That person is going to be so far out in the field, they're, 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 they're not going to be uh, uh, accurate in their doctrine. Church discipline, lastly but not leastly, that has become such an ugly word in our society. Today we live in a time when people do not want to become members. If I become a member, then they can tell me what to do. They don't want to be accountable to a church. They don't want someone that's ruling over them. They don't want to have, they go through that whole, uh, um, this is what you're supposed to be. But can I tell you that being a part, I, I believe this, I preach this many times, but I believe being a part of church is, is very biblical. But I also believe this, guys, and you do what you want to do, you take your Bible home and study it out. I believe there's a protection in being a part of the body from the devil. When the devil comes after you, if you're part of the church, he's got to go through the church, through the pastor, and through the leadership to get to you. When you're out there all on your own, all he got to do is knock you down. He got you. There's a protection for being part of the church. Uh, but there's also a great benefit of the discipline of the church. It, 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 uh, it, it, will, it, will, it will make you what you're supposed to be. And when a person will not submit to the leadership of a church or to the discipline of a church or to the being a part of a church, um, I believe uh, there's something wrong. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we may together embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.